sure if you know what you're talking about or if you just have a lot of opinions. <laughs> I was like, how long did this conversation last? You're like, I've been here for three minutes. Like three I'm like, minutes. already he knows so much about you. <laughs> I even I didn't even have that many opinions yet. I had like at least, you know, a third of the usual number of opinions I have in three minutes. Like I tried to rein it in because I didn't even know the guy, but <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. Whiskey, whiskey. The singer's getting sore. We raised the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic. My name is Mark Bylock, the author of the Whiskey Cabinet, and I'm here with my co-host, Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. And today's topic is going to be whiskey reviews. Thank you for calling my club private but approachable i thought you'd like that i thought i really like that, like that because i know you're, you're very anti like stiff you know oh yeah private like and i it seems like talking with people everybody's against that and nobody like likes that kind of oh this is this has clearly been distilled in the 80s kind of nobody wants that are you sure nobody wants that i feel like i've met dudes that are like really all about that they like it to be like fancy private and like snooty i don't know yeah, I don't there's know. A, there's a couple people out there. I think there's like, like an age age bracket here, right? Like it's 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 people below forty probably don't want that, and then there's like the the older whiskey crowd that's been doing that for a very long time. They're like, oh, we're so fancy, you can't join our club. Well, they also don't talk about the latest BuzzFeed articles, right? So they their conversations different. They're looking for like the whiskey to start conversations, whereas we all just kind of have conversations about YouTube videos and BuzzFeeds and. People. I mean, yeah, I think it's th- here's the thing. Here here comes a rant. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. We should have a theme song for your rant. <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like whiskey is so much about like friendships and like being with people and like and hanging around and having a laugh that it to go into like a stuffy room of people who just want to talk about whiskey and don't want to talk about, you know, the latest whatever is like super snorebore like Mm -hmm. i don't want to go to that club like i want to go to the club where people have a laugh and like where your like stomach hurts afterwards because you like laugh so much you have an ab workout that's like that's that's the fun stuff like the whiskey's there and people will talk about it and it will get attended to but i can't maybe it's just because i've never been to maybe those clubs that i think are snooty like i just have never been maybe they are a lot of fun i don't know well, we're going to go to that uh, that snooty one. Let's uh, go to the snooty one. Uh, I, I think they, they took a break for the summer, but when it come, they come back, I think in August, we'll uh, we'll go to that one, then we'll report back. Um, you know, but speaking of that, you you have these great party ideas, and so last uh, last week you had this idea of like, hey, let's do a party, and the theme is going to be the your first like drink that you you were known for, the first drink you had in your twenties, like the first alcoholic beverage uh, you went to, and that was definitely not snooty at all. No, no, it was humiliating going to the liquor store. It was. It was. It was really embarrassing, and going to the like, I you had to actually ask for your drink, which I think is way more embarrassing than me. I just had to like, I just made a beeline for the like cash register, and I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. This is humiliating buying this. But yeah, oh, yeah. I think I think it was really interesting because the whole idea was like, you know, when you sort of got to the age where you had a drink. 
where you were like, oh, I'm the girl that drinks amaretto sours. And like, that is my go-to drink. I'm like 20-something and I drink amaretto sours or Cosmopolitans as in my case because I grew up in the Sex in the City sort of time. So yeah, um, yeah mine was a pre-mixed, like bottled Cosmopolitan. Ew. Yeah, and I, I had, um, I, I, and actually this was your idea, cause I, but I was like, oh man, I used to love Rev. It was like the first drink I had in the night. Um, and so oh, Rev is like a vodka-based beverage. It's got sugar and, and guarano in it, so it's like, a, it's like a Red Bull. I don't know. I can't even describe it, but you, you guys all know Rev. It's like neon blue. like. Yeah, yeah, it's neon blue, and it comes in like this very classic classy plastic bottle with a white top it looks man um but i went to i couldn't find it i like i walked around like four times I'm like oh i'm gonna ask, have to ask somebody so i go to some i go to one of the people at the at the lcb i'm like uh do you know where rev is and the, the guy stares at me he's like are you looking for new rev or original rev <laughs> and i'm like i don't know man i haven't had this stuff in like 15 years he's like oh like he stares at me he's like um we're doing this party and like themed drinks he's like oh okay he goes Reads me, he's like, we've got some original Rev, and he's like, you should do some uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade, and, <laughs> and already had everything planned out for me. <laughs> he's like, here's that's, the drinks you should have. That's amazing. Yeah, that's weird that they have New Rev. I wonder what it is. Like, what's New Rev? Did he explain it to you? Did he elaborate on what New Rev is? Like, No, he didn't. He did not. I have no idea. Is it a new flavor, or have they just, you know, really embraced the whole... Maybe it's like a... <laughs> Maybe it's like the new Handmade... Coke. Like Tito's organic vodka with like, I don't know, like ginseng and like they've gone like completely like Whole Foods on it and they've just like (laughs) old Rev is this like neon blue full of sugar, like mass produced sort of thing. And like new Rev is like organic. It's it's in the like craft beer section. It's like (laughs) (laughs) locally grown this and that. Yeah, so funny. Well, Possibly. and like for me, it was like those those premixed cosmopolitans were like, you know, I threw that in a martini glass. Holy crap, was I classy? That's classy. Yeah. It was classy. It was so class. I felt like when I had those premixed cosmopolitans, like my, you know, like Carrie Bradshaw. I was just walking around like so fancy. It was great. <laughs> it was great. So no, that was a fun. It was a fun party. Um, our friend Mike came and he made rusty nails. <laughs> it wasn't bad. I don't know. It was my favorite drink of the night. I'd I was say. gonna say like it really actually was better than what I was drinking in terms of it actually tasted like booze. Like it actually tasted like it didn't taste like a melted popsicle. I don't think Mike DeCaro is capable of making anything bad. I think that's that's just his thing. He's just like, I'm going to make this crappy drink, but uh, actually, I don't I don't think it's, it's just sweet, right? But I'm going to make this drink, and there you go. And he, he made it pretty well. Um, and that's, that's kind of a follow-up into the drink. So he left some uh, Grant's family, uh, Blended Scotch Family Reserve, and that's what I'm drinking today. Is it now? Yeah. I Tell was like, me about this. You know what? Grants actually has a pretty nice, nice nose. It's uh, it smells like that malted barley. They got the maltiness there. It smells right. like a scotch, kind of a little bit, um, and then it tastes a little bit. Um, you know, probably want to have this mixed, but it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. I, I've I've made some bad choices in life. This is probably not one of my bad choices, but it's a, you know not one of my best choices either. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's not meant to be that. Uh, sipping scotch. No, but they do have a, they have that sherry finished one that isn't bad. I, it, it's right. kind of like a little sweeter. This is um, 
this tastes a lot of blended whiskeys um, are taste like corn through the middle, like a very kind of corny yeah. um, corn mouthfeel. A lot of the blended scotches. This one is feels more like a vodka through the middle, like a very thin, sharp, mm. high note vodka. Um, so I don't know what that says about what they uh, blend this with, but um, yeah, it's all right. Um, but it also it also is a good follow up for you know last week's topic or two weeks ago I should say about uh, like flavored whiskeys um, as well because we we kind of talked about all the drinks we had when we were younger in our in our twenties and you know we made some interesting choices. Oh yeah, interesting we is a good word for it. We weren't drinking uh, fine whiskey out of a no nope. proper tasting glass. Sure didn't. What are you drinking today? I am drinking uh, Weiser's Legacy. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, you know, rye, Canadian rye, um, barley malt, and it says here rye malt. That would be malted rye, I'm guessing. I'm guessing so, yeah. <laughs> of that sort of, like, Weiser's lineup, it's it's one of the ones I enjoy sort of a little bit more. Um yeah, it's a it's 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 a good Canadian whiskey. Like I, it's it's good for sipping. It's like, it's got that you know caramel thing going on in the nose. It's got that little spice on the nose, which is great. The mouth feels actually kind of lovely. Yeah, it it's more like a bur- like a bourbon on that, right? It's it's a yeah. thicker mouth feel. Kind of starts is. strong. Yeah, a little yeah. oily. Like I really kind of I like that. Um, but yeah, the that sort of like, I get some like nutmeg on that, so so it's sort of like like that spicy rye nutmeg sort of thing that's happening. It's I like this. I, you know what I would do with this? I would Matt Jones was talking about getting like a tall tall glass of ice and then just like pouring this. I could do that too. Yeah, because it's it's such a, it's a thicker drink. It's a and... thicker drink, and and I think it's really you know, I think it's it's the more I'm drinking it, isn't that always the way that the more you drink it, the more you like it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Except unless it's like terrible, terrible. But like the more like sips you have, and like it's eleven. Okay, so it's eleven o'clock right now, and I'm so, I'm still drinking coffee too. It's eleven o'clock a.m. So <laughs> and I didn't eat breakfast this morning. So we're gonna see how this podcast recording goes <laughs> what's what's the uh proof on this 45 percent. okay so not too shabby um yeah i i'm i'm perfectly happy with this and i would like this on ice maybe and um yeah it's a good 11 o'clock in the morning whiskey <laughs> there you go morning whiskey um we do have some some very uh good follow-up so uh episode 17 of the podcast we had Josh Peters on, and we talked about uh, it was like I think the second time or third time of the podcast we must mentioned uh, Russell's Reserve um, small batch single barrel uh, labeling and how we're like it doesn't make any sense. And you know, uh, Glenn actually was the first one of uh, Glenn for Jameson that's been on the podcast a couple of times. Yeah, he pointed that out to me. Um, I think it's that lawyer mind of his. He's like, wait, yeah, going to be both small batch. Read the and labels, yeah, like <laughs> exactly. read the labels and think about the labels instead of just being like, oh yeah, this is what it is. Yeah, right. Uh, and so we've kind of like been like, oh, it's probably marketing. Um, so Josh uh, reached out uh, to Wild Turkey and. And um, they're gonna change the label. <laughs> they're they're like, you know what, guys, you're. I, I'm, I'm. This is uh, my uh, not a direct quote. They're like, you know what, guys, you're right. That's dumb. 
We should just call it a single barrel. Why would we call it small batch? It is, yes, I believe they said that we realize the terms are mutually exclusive. So I think that's what they said. Yeah. And they said, we will be relaunching the brand with a new label and we will be removing the term small batch from all Russell's offerings. So I guess get your get your old label bottles now if you want to have something that's not going to be around for a little bit. They're going to That's a good point. Up. That's a yeah. great point. This might be like a collector's, like you know. You know? I mean, I know there. I, I see their argument of like, oh well, single barrels, the ultimate small batch. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. Um, but yeah, these are going to be now collector items. You know. You know. Let's 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 make a run for it. Let's run across the border. I wish we got Russell's Reserve here so much more than probably any other whiskey. Uh, I wish we got more Wild Turkey because. The 101 rare breed Russell's Reserve, like ugh. all we get is the 81 in the rye. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The that's, I mean, I've pretty much whenever people go to uh, the states, they're like, "What should I get?" I usually always recommend Russell's Reserve because um, you can't get it here. It's fantastic. It's priced really well. Yeah. Um, and and it's generally available at most stores, and and then I usually recommend Willet because again, same reasons. It's yeah. usually available somewhere. Uh, and, and everything else, but I, you know, who knows, right? I mean, who knows how much longer it'll be available for? Yeah, I'm scared, yeah. very scared. I know. I'm very I paranoid know. with my whiskey right now. I'm just like, you're here, but you're gonna disappear. I don't know. I know my whiskey cabinet's getting a little sad too. Like, they're all my sort of precious bottles are are getting down to like half and less than half, and because I haven't gotten to the states and, and bought any whiskey in a while, the dollar is really horrible and like. The last time I went, I sort of was there for a different purpose, and I only bought a small bottle. So um, our trip in, to, in September can't come soon enough. I think I have to stock up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We're uh, So we're planning to be – this isn't 100% confirmed, but we're planning to be in uh, Kentucky for Bourbon Week. We would uh, love that. I would love that. I'm a little scared, though. Yeah. Well, I can't keep up with you, Mark. Yeah, it'll it'll be a lot of drinking. It'll be a lot of tasting, mm-hmm. proper tasting, and proper tasting glasses. Oh my gosh, I'm nervous. Like I'm nervous because I've hung out with you enough and your friends to know that if I try to match you drink for drink, I I don't feel great the next day. So I really have to. Uh, I gotta keep an eye on myself. <laughs> right. I mean, you're not only pacing the night; you're also pacing like the next day. Um, and then uh, my friend Suresh and I, we usually wake up always like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. We're like, hey, where's breakfast? Where can we get some coffee? And we're usually out the door. We're, we're just like, boom, we're text people and we're out the door. Um, so it's, it's usually a pretty uh, fast paced uh, traveling. But we do take an afternoon nap generally. We, we're very big fans of that. I can, I mean, I can always use an afternoon nap. I can use a nap at any point. I, sometimes I feel like garbage after a nap, though. Do you find that? Yeah, you got to take a short nap. If you take like a three hour nap, oh, that's bad. See, the only way I sleep is in hours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, what time is it? Where am I? Who am oh. I? I have a headache. My eyes are like swollen shut. Like, <laughs> oh, oh no. Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. I'm excited, but I will really have to keep an eye on myself. No, like, that's fair. Yeah. And we'll, we'll record a couple of podcasts from there. Um, so we'll have uh, we'll have a few people on the show from the industry, and it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. I think so. Um, we, we we might even do a Kentucky meetup. We should do that, Louisville. Oh, that yeah, man, that'd be so much fun. 
we'll we'll have like three listeners that happen to be in the area, maybe four. That'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll, yeah. we'll work on that. Let's do it. But still not 100%. We're still kind of working out the details, but um, we, we think this is going to happen. But we're only going to be there from the uh, Monday to the Thursday or maybe this Friday to Thursday. So the week, the week before Bourbon Week and uh, up to the Thursday uh, is what it's looking like. So that would make it uh, about September 12th to the 16th because, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably head out on the 16th actually. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, because I've got a, an event. Things are happening. It's funny. People really get into whiskey in the fall. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a good time for it. So, I mean, we've had this discussion before where it's like, you know, whiskey is, especially like straight whiskey is like such a great fall cozy drink. Yeah. So I'm on board for my September's already a little busy. Yeah. We'll talk about because you're doing the uh, Women of Whiskey event. Women of Whiskey event. Yes. Yeah. Toronto. Women Who Whiskey. Women Who Whiskey of Toronto. Women Who Whiskey, yeah. Um, they're from they're New York based, but I'm sort of kind of on board to give them a hand. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do a podcast on that alone because I think that's a great great topic. I mean, you talk about a uh, you, you know like events that um, that really focus in on on growing a demographic is, is excellent. Um, we a lot of these whiskey events have so many men, and you know you, they're not always you know they drink. They're not always the best behaved. Um, having that environment where it's going to be just women drinking is a great idea. I think uh, and we've we've talked about this before. The, the Toronto's just done so well uh, in this in this sphere of um, women focused whiskey events. Yeah, uh, that I'm glad to get like an official chapter here. It's excellent, excellent move forward. It is excellent. I'm really I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a a good time. Um, but yeah, and we'll we'll do a podcast episode about women and whiskey. And I think the I was talking with the with Sarah who is the spirits writer for now. And uh, we had this whole thing. We're like, yeah, like women do drink whiskey and we have drank whiskey for a long time, but for some reason, everyone's going nuts about it right now. So it'll be, it'll it'll be kind of interesting to tease out the fact that, you know, every, every publication is now writing their own version of women drink whiskey. What? And you're like, yeah, I know. Like, of course. Yes, we do. And we have. And we've been master distillers and blenders. And we've been there the whole time. (laughs) Honestly, we've always been there. (laughs) But for some reason, it's like super, super like, you know, sexy right now to talk about women who drink whiskey. So um, it'll be kind of interesting when uh, I find kind of a a panel to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And... We could put something pretty fun together, I think. But that's uh, in the future. And I think there's another there's another podcast, and we can ask like people who listen if they want to contribute to this piece. But I'm doing music and um, whiskey, and sort of like a, a th- some thoughts about why they're so like heavily intertwined. And I'm putting together a playlist of like whiskey songs or like songs kind of like soaked in whiskey that you know maybe were written under the influence of a lot of whiskey or written about whiskey or like that sort of thing so if anyone wants to uh tweet me uh their favorite whiskey songs you can do that at bourbon thing and uh let me know maybe it's just like a song that you like to to listen to while you drink your whiskey but i think that could be a fun one too so i'm we're hoping to do that in the next like little while as well yeah, I mean the the, the podcast is really uh, we're booking up. Uh, July's July's done. July's um, done. 
we've got all the uh, episodes booked and everything else, and August is booking up as well. So it's a, it's going really well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. So today's topic, we're going to talk about um, reviewing uh, whiskey because I've I've uh, I'm changing around the way. I mean, I've said this before, but I really did get tired of writing whiskey reviews. I was very much in that mindset of like I don't like writing the same thing over and over again. Um, you know, if it's about Buffalo Trace, I'll always give you the history of Buffalo Trace. And hey, they were founded by a buffalo. I think that's what happened. I can't remember offhand. I need to look at my notes. But I believe a buffalo founded the distillery yep. and um, and started making mash. And yep. um, and eventually um, and eventually that mash got distilled somehow. Yes. Yeah. That's I, exactly what happened. But we all know the stories. I mean, I, I shouldn't say we all know the stories. We The stories are were a very important part of the – and are still a very important part of the whiskey world. Um, but we also know that a lot of these stories have been molded in a very markety way. So, you know, you've got the, these, these big names that, you know, may have had something to do with whiskey, maybe not have, and, but they, you know, it's a very much kind of a marketing focused world and the stories were, were fed to us. Like, this is a great thing. Um, and, and it's okay. Like, it's okay to hear these stories. There's, there's a lot of truth behind them, uh, in some cases, um, in some cases not. Uh, and that's and that's fine, but I think the stories themselves aren't needed anymore to sell the whiskey. That was great, like ten years ago, where mm-hmm. people wanted to hear about the history. They're like, "Wow, I'm drinking this drink that cowboys used to shoot." Like, remember go western movies and cowboys shoot that bullet rye, and that must be what I'm drinking now. That never happened, but yeah. um, but that's how it. That's how we perceive whiskey. But I, I think like the new audience really just wants to like know what to buy, right? Um, and and what to experience and make educated purchasing decisions of like well what will i like what will i like and that's really tricky to do because we all have different palettes we all have different preferences um you know you you, we saw on the show before jamie and i pretty much overlap so well with a lot of what we drink but there's still stuff that we disagree on um and so how do we put all this together so i am so what i what i wanted to do uh with um with the new reviews is i wanted to have uh kind of a two different rating system i did a star rating system uh, that I, they call the whiskey cabinet rating, but really it's it's about like how how urgent or how important it is for you to have this whiskey in your cabinet, and that has a lot to do with price availability. Um, I kind of cryptically wrote in the article, I'm like prestige, which could work for or against the whiskey, right? And I think that's true. I think um, you know, Pappy Van Winkle is a great example of something that like um, you know, I think having a Pappy 15, 20, 23 is. A, Stupidly prestigious thing in your whiskey cabinet. It's a, um, it's a drink that's unique, and you're not going to taste a lot of whiskey aged that long. Certainly not a weeded whiskey aged that long. And for that, it's a very unique product, and it's going to give you a flavor profile that's that's different from what you have day to day. However, something like a Pappy Twelve, uh, a Van Winkle Twelve, rather. Don't screw you know, that up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Van Winkle Twelve, Van, Pappy I know, Fifteen. I know. Oh. You're going to get lots of angry tweets. So many angry tweets. The Van Winkle 12, uh, you know what? It comes with that prestigious name uh, and, and and labeling and everything else. But I'm like, I, I wouldn't rush the store to get it. Um, so I think that's one of those things where, like, it could work for or against you. So, like, for in that in this example, you know, a Pappy 15 or 20 would get a very high whiskey cabinet rating versus a 12. I'm like, eh, don't bother. Um, you know, if you, if that's what's left over, fine. If If you really want a Van Winkle... You know, labeled bottle on your in your cabinet's fine, um, and that's why where the hundred point scale is interesting because a Van Winkle you know may score still very well in that hundred point scale, still like good tasting notes and everything else, but not necessarily as important to have in your cabinet. 
Um, and that's kind of the um, the system I've been working on for a while. And I think it'll make more sense once I start like have more reviews. And I do have a bunch queued up, but I think it will make more sense as the reviews come out as to what I'm going for. And also the categories are important. So, you know, a lot of things are like bourbon drinkers are like, oh, I don't understand why the scotch is a 91. And scotch drinkers are like, oh, I don't know why this bourbon's a 94. I hate it. Uh, you will. If you don't like that category of whiskey, you're probably not going to like that bourbon or that uh, scotch, depending on what you like. So, yeah, that's um, that's kind of what I'm working on. I think it'll make more sense as more reviews come on, but uh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I got a sneak peek, um, obviously. <laughs> I got a yes. sneak peek, which is great. Um, so, And I think it just makes so much sense. Like, I think it's just so it's – so, it feels so, like, natural to have – and this is the whole thing is for, for some people, they're going to go straight for the should I buy this? Should I not? Should I have this? Should I not? Some people will go straight for the taste. Um, but I'm curious, is this the way you've always sort of thought about buying whiskey in your own head? Like, is this sort of based on your like when you go to the liquor store and you look around and you're like, hmm, is that sort of the natural thing that comes in your head? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I absolutely hundred percent. Cause I do, I do buy a lot of my whiskey. I mean, I, I know in the industry, but you know, then you tend to get whiskey sent to you, but, um, because I drink a lot of, you know, not the, I, I drink a lot of whiskey. That's not like the big commercial sells, not what they're tr necessarily trying to push to the market, but I drink a lot of other whiskeys around, the, around, um, I, I, I tend to buy a lot of my whiskey. And for that reason, yeah, absolutely. It's like, I like this, but is it worth buying or is it worth paying for? And how does it fit into the whiskey cabinet chemistry? Like, you know, you don't want to have 12 different ryes that taste very similar, right? You want to have a spread of different flavors. Yeah, yeah. And your your whiskey cabinet is very, I mean, I've spent a lot of time nosing around in there and it's uh, it's very well balanced. So I think that if there's... um. Anybody that you're going to take advice of what to like stock your whiskey cabinet with, it's the author of the friggin' whiskey cabinet book who had a custom made whiskey cabinet made for him and who scores his whiskey on a scale of what to have in your whiskey cabinet. I would say, yeah. Like, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Well, well I think the challenge too. <laughs> but I'm too, biased, right? Like, I know you're, I'm you're, you're like, biased. Listen like, to oh. Mark. <laughs> no, I, I do. I think. Um, my cabinet's interesting because I, I feel like I have the top shelf is mostly single malt scotch and it's almost um it's almost like separated out into like single malt scotches and blended scotches and then peated scotches and rare scotches and then um and some Japanese whiskey because you know similar flavor profile so I kind of leave it there and then I have another quadrant that's Canadian whiskey Irish whiskey other world whiskey and then I have another quadrant that's bourbon which has really like started to expand like it's like like it used to be mm -hmm. like half and now it's like two thirds of that shelf. There's a big fight there going on right I now. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, like I said, I've been drinking a lot of bourbon. I've been buying a lot of bourbon. Um, but I'm but trying to take this bigger concept into something where like most whiskey drinkers have like six to 12 uh, uh, whiskeys. Um, well, actually I shouldn't say most. It's usually the, the, nar the marketers say it's about six whiskeys. Um, it's a tough, it's tough to bring it down to that, that scale. Um, no, so I think that this is like, this is really exciting. So when is this going to be like, you, you wrote your last post on how you're sort of writing your whiskey reviews. When are we going to see the reviews go up? 
Yeah, so we're, we're recording the podcast a little ahead of time because uh, Jamie's going to be enjoying some time in the cottage. Uh, so yay. we have to. Re- yay! I'm jealous. Uh, so um, it'll uh, th- like the next like uh, I'll get a re- review out uh, Monday to Friday every day uh, from this point forward. Um, and I do have some other comments about uh, risky reviews because I have this other thing, um, and I I've, I haven't posted this. It's probably going to be up by the time the po- podcast is up, but. Uh, the um this whole like concept of reviewer being like in simpatico with your reviewer like having that you know mesh like okay if this person likes this i'm likely to like that um and i think that's an important thing you know not everybody's going to agree with ratings and tasting notes Mm -hmm. and cabinet ratings and that's okay um and that there should be an overlap there but the thing that I got this concept because uh, there's a restaurant reviewer I like, uh, Chris Nell Smith uh, from the Global Mail. He writes about a lot of reviews. A lot of his reviews are Toronto focused, um, but I'm very much like I agree with a lot of what he says. And the difference between him and I is um, he goes to a restaurant like three times or more and has a more rounded experience. Where you know, especially for the more expensive restaurants, I may only go there once. Um, and so from that, I get a couple of things. I'm like, okay, I go there once, and I may not have had the same experience he had, and he may have rated that restaurant higher. Um, and other times, I'll go somewhere to have a better experience. But overall, like on average, it's a pretty consistent, you know, there's a pretty consistent line there. Um, but the other thing I like, I like about writing whiskey reviews and reading other people's reviews and reading restaurant reviews is I like being challenged by the reviewer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I like... I don't want a reviewer that's just going to tell me what I like that's in my comfort zone. I don't want to be like, oh, yes, I agree 100% with everything you're saying. There's no point. I mean, I like reading a review and being like, okay, I didn't see that. I didn't see that complexity. Or if I, you know, for a restaurant, I, I didn't quite understand this dish. I didn't quite get, it just sound, it just tasted like an average whatever fish dish, right? Right. Um, and, but what did they see in that? And when you have that credibility, uh, like Chris Nell Smith does with me, he he's, has that credibility. I'm like, okay, what did Chris Nell Smith see in that dish that I didn't? Right. Um, and sometimes I pull out more, sometimes I don't. And I guess you know that's that's how it works. I mean, we're all we're all different and we're all unique and we're all looking for um, for that. But I think for me, it's most mostly about how to make better purchasing choices when buying whiskey because it's expensive and yeah. We're limited in funds and how much we're going to buy, and we need to. We want to make good decisions. Yeah, and I think that that I think that's exactly what I was going to say. Like buying a bottle of whiskey is not like buying, you know, a beer. And we've we've had this discussion before. It's it is definitely more of an investment. And you know, when you talk to like someone like me who I I buy whiskey, but I I will often ask you like because our tastes are so in sync. Like, what should I get? What like what do you like? Is this a good one? Is this a so? I'm really actually first of all, I'm excited that I'll be able to go and stop harassing you via text message. I can just go to your website and read the reviews, and feel free when I do text you to say like just go read my review. <laughs> you a hole! Like stop bugging me. I have better things to do. But it's like it also you know it's it's a bummer and a half when you buy a bottle that you hate (laughs) it is it takes up real estate in your whiskey cabinet it's like it's a whole thing so no it's a sore thumb it's a sore thumb in your whiskey yeah and you like spend all your time like when people come over you're like you want this whiskey and they're like yeah sure and you're like haha this is crap whiskey but i have to get rid of it so (laughs) (laughs) oh i I, you've never done that before have you 
Oh man, I tried. I tried. Remember on Canada Day? Oh my God, that's nobody right. drank it. Oh, I was so upset at myself. I'm like, but you guys are all drinking so much. I'm like, no, no. We drank a lot on Canada Day. Yeah, that was the day where I just well, I realized that I I couldn't keep up with you guys, especially if you're all together. Like, oh man, I hurt the next day. Well, there's a lot of mixing too. There was the wine being poured and horrible. It was just horrible. Beer. I talk a lot about how hungover I am on the show. I feel like people might start to get concerned about me. I'm counting. Like, this is episode number three. Okay. <laughs> no, you have like a tally, like Jamie's hangover, like one, two, three. Should be a website dedicated to that. Jamie's <sighs> tally. Oh, it's so <laughs> bad. Tally. Hilarious. No, no yeah. that, was a, that was a fun. Uh, yeah, it's Canada Day and uh, it's July 1st, so we, we generally celebrate just, you know, a few days before July 4th. Um, same idea, less fireworks. We're not as we're not Canadians aren't as over the top about our fireworks. We just kind of, you know, the city arranges for a few fireworks shows around the mm-hmm. around the area, and occasionally you hear, you know, um, homes, with, you know, with backyards will launch fireworks, but it's not too crazy. No, it's not too crazy at all. But there was a huge fireworks show that the city put on just outside my window, which was super fun on the yes. night before Canada Day, and I, I was like that one. Um, but yeah, it's a bit. It was a bit. You know, and then Mark hosted uh, this barbecue where all these incredible people who make great food. I've, I am not one of them. Uh, I just like to go and eat their food. And mm-hmm. I just like show up with like some drinks and like maybe a bag of chips. But like organic chips because everyone's such a... <laughs> oh, those were very hipster uh, chips and, and salsa. That was uh, that looked very good. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um but yeah, no, it was super fun, but it was it was one of those nights that uh, where and I think this is sort of how all nights that turn out fantastic go is that you know you 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 don't expect it at all. You sort of have this idea. I actually said to Trent, I was like, "Well, the barbecue starts around 3, so like I expect to be home by like 7 or 8." Like 2 o'clock in the morning, I like come in finally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like jump on Trent who's like sound asleep in bed oh. and i was like hey today was amazing and he said that's super excellent good night um <laughs> yeah it's always bad when your significant other is like sleeping and you're happy and you're like oh and you want to talk you want to talk the whole night you're just like i have so many stories for you and they're like i don't care about your stories right now <laughs> all i care about is sleep and yeah so i mean but th- isn't that like that that has been my experience of the best nights that I've ever had going out have been the ones where you're like, let's just have a quick drink on the patio. And then it turns into something else like those. I think Mike refers to it as adventure time mm-hmm. where you just mm-hmm. start saying yes to everything. You want to go here? Yes, let's go. And you keep this momentum going. And it's sort of uh, and for me, the best thing to do at that point is like to go until you're having like the most fun like you're having so much fun you cannot even believe it and then you have to leave yeah Yeah, you have to be like this is so much fun this is so cool but i gotta go because it's not gonna get any better than this because it never does and it's the later you go on the you know the chances of someone throwing up on you like go up exponentially so you just have to like (laughs) shut it down and be like this is the best night ever i'm gonna go home and jump on my significant other and tell them all my stories and yeah yeah there's a lot of truth to that there's a lot of um because you don't want to um like when it when you when you have a party at somebody's house and you're like okay we're stuck here for the next five hours it kind of encloses the event but when you're kind of like uh we'll just 
figure out what's going on next as we go along. Um, and if you have that good vibe, the party already has a good vibe, and the crowds, like the people that are there and sticking around, are have a great vibe. You just want to keep it going. You want to go to the next place, the next place, the next place. Um, and you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. You know, I mean, I think that's that's uh, that's the that's how it goes. But um, yeah, no, that was that was good times. Um, and it was, I think, I exhausted all my friends because we went wow. out uh, Wednesday, uh, Thursday. There's uh, the the Taste of Toronto event, and then uh, Friday was the taping with Matt Jones, and then Saturday. So, I, I think at, like Saturday, people, most people were just done. They're like, nope. Yeah, on Sunday, I was like, where's Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him every day. It's like so nice to see you again. Just let myself into your apartment. Just you know, walk on over to your whiskey cabinet. Just pick a bottle and pour. I, I gotta go shopping. I'm I'm running out of whiskey. I've got like I don't know. I know. I, I say running out of whiskey. I mean, it's it's still a lot of bottles, but I'm just like, what? I know, and that's how I feel about my my cabinet. When I like look at, um, like like I was just saying, like everything's sort of half empty, and like it's getting down there, and I'm like, oh man, I need to go shopping, but I can't go shopping here because what will I buy? I've got yeah. everything from here. I don't need anything from here. I need fun bottles. Yeah, I think uh, I think we need to do weekend getaways um, in Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, we did like a number on my Taylor uh, Barrel Proof. Oh no. Yeah, it's like half empty. Oh no. I know. I was like, I'm never being this to anything else again. Like, no, if, no, if the rest any, is yours. The rest, no. Don't. Well, I mean, like, if people come over, then I, I'll pour a little, a little bit. <laughs> but, oh. but it was like I'm watching you, and like it's and like that's a whole thing about whiskey is like, and we we'll talk about this. Um, in chronological order it will end up being next week's podcast uh with reed uh, but drinking your whiskey and sharing your whiskey and sharing interesting bottles and old bottles or finishing off bottles um that's another idea for a party a heel yeah. party just to bring whatever you need to get rid of or finish off i've got a couple of them right now so but i think that like that's part of it and i had to get over that as someone like as someone who doesn't and you're very good at it matt mark's really good at it and like you're really good at like sharing your precious bottles where as i don't know maybe it's the only child in me or the like i there's like something in me that's like oh my god oh my god i have half a bottle left of taylor barrel proof but i still have half a bottle left of taylor proof like there, there i yeah, yeah, yeah you know like there's nothing it's that's it's meant to be drank it's meant to be shared like yeah, it's cool to drink it and enjoy it, but it's actually like I enjoy it way more when I'm sitting around a table of other people who are also enjoying it. So, yeah, Matt, Matt Mark, I think is just just um, he's and crazy. nails it. He he really just as long as you're enjoying the whiskey, he does not care. He's like there'll be another whiskey. He let um, me finish his bottle of Taylor, yeah, barrel proof, which was like, I was like, is this happening, really? Yeah, I think what helps me get to there because I'm a, I'm also an only child. I didn't I didn't um, I didn't actually achieve. I had no idea you were an only child. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I get away with only, I, I get along with only children so well. So well. Uh, um, the um, that's what makes it easier for me. It's because I like I've been really getting so hyper aware of how much that whiskey changes as it um, as it goes down. Um, and if you leave it in the bottle, it's like, eh, I left it in and I kept it around for a year, but it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't taste the same anyway. Right. So you don't really want to leave it around and just have it be like, well, because then the last time, the last sip you remember of that whiskey, it's going to be like, yeah, it's not as good as it was. 
I know. So you want right. to be left with that positive sip of like the last sip I had was delicious and like five other people enjoyed it and it was great. And this is what Matt Mark taught me. Like literally Matt Mark was just like, he doesn't care. Just like he's just boring. He's just like, doesn't matter. This is rare. I could have sold this for a thousand dollars on eBay or I guess not on eBay, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, it just pours it out and he's happy because he, I, and, and for me, it's like, that's true. Like I know that that whiskey will taste as good for a while, but not forever. And but, so right. yeah, a couple of months is fine. Three months is fine, but six months, eight months, 10 months, half filled bottle timers on. Yeah. Drink it. Uh, that, that, that 24, uh, TV show timer that, that timer. just look at that ball and be like, but you know what I mean? That timer is on and it's just like, it's counting down and that's it, you know? Yeah. That's why we need to have that heel party. I've got a Taylor single barrel and a Taylor small batch that are very low. So yeah. Oh, we got to compare this to the uh, Taylor small batch that uh, Glenford Jameson has. Glenford Jameson. Yes, because he says his is a little too sour tasting for his liking. Oh, interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll I'll keep it around. I'll keep it around until we hang out. That's fun. I yeah. love these experiments. I also I also think this is why I think like like tasting notes and tasting scores. A lot the reason a lot of the reason I haven't been posting them is there's such a plus minus on them based on where the bottle is, how it is, where it's the temperature of the room. There's like such so many factors, and so you really do have to taste the whiskey a lot to get a, a better score. Uh, which is why, like, I'm not very, you know, I don't, like, look too much. I, I do privately, but, like, I don't post, like, this is how it was on the palette, and this is right. how it was nose, and this is how it was finished. Like, all that stuff is important. I think it's great to write in the notes, hey, this had a really great finish, or this, the nose on this was beautiful. Like, you can, you can write that and express that in a, in, in a, in, in a more kind of poetic way. Uh, but assigning a number to those things, for me, like, a very personal thing is, is it's not that important because, I, it for me it was what how was the overall experience is great and i think um because the whiskey does change and you know small batches and single barrel bottlings do change i mean bookers change like all these different there's variation in there um that yeah i um i think we should you know yeah i think so and i would hope that that's how most people read whiskey reviews i think it's what i do i'll read probably four or five reviews um before I sort of make a decision and, and think about big picture, like what was the general consensus? Was it a positive review or a negative review? Or, you know, like what's, you know, so uh, I think that I'm hopeful that people don't just like go into one website and like just pin. That. I hear what you're saying because it, people ask me all the time, should I buy this bottle? And I'm always like, oh, uh, that's a really hard question because right. it, I can't. Uh, yeah yes and then they buy it and they're like it's crap and you're like i i don't know i i i don't know if you should buy the bottle or not like look at you know a couple different i'll say yes but please also like look a little deeper into it and see you know if generally the consensus is that this is an enjoyable whiskey amongst many people that you talk to whiskey about on the internet or otherwise but don't don't like hang your hat on one review I think is like yeah. yeah because you 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 won't be pleased you're you're, you're never going to sync up perfectly like like you were saying you know we have yeah. very similar tastes but so we disagree sometimes so I think that looking at whiskey reviews and and pulling back a little bit and saying like okay I'm going to make a decision based on 
these guys or gals who like have this kind of palette and they're all saying like they thought this was cool so yes i'm gonna go for it but that pressure of man should i buy this bottle i saw it the other day at the store it's 81 dollars. should i buy it my my answer is always like huge paragraph of like well if 80 dollars doesn't really make <laughs> make a difference to you then like i'd say yes but like if you wouldn't normally buy for 80 like there's other <laughs> ones that you can get for that are really good and like so it gets like i get all flustered and i don't really know what to say when people pose that question I do a lot of, um, I quantify um, a lot of the answers. So I do, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I do very much like, well, if you like very oaky bourbons, um, mm. this is a good one in this price range. The smart. other one you might want to consider is this one, which might cost, you know, $5 more or $5 less. You might get more out of it. Or if like $80 is a lot of money for you, then I don't know, maybe, you know, don't, don't get that. Um, maybe that's not the right, right place to spend $80 for. Um, yeah, I, I do a lot of quantifying. I think, you know, uh, a lot That's of the reviews smart. that I've been writing are very similar. I was like, I, I review uh, Buffalo Trace uh, bourbon very well, but I'm like, you're kind of going to either like Buffalo Trace or like Wild Turkey or Maker's Mark. It's kind of like the range right. of like that base bourbon, straight bourbon. And you're either going to want it a little less oaky with Wild Turkey, a little medium oaky with, um, with Buffalo Trace or like with Maker's Mark, like 46, which is far which is far okay you're going to kind of like be in that range so if you don't like buffalo trace then you're probably going to skew left or right here on the scale and then i but i like buffalo trace a lot because it has that center cut like this is bourbon uh in in that way in a lot of ways so i think that's a you know it's always good to quantify the 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 whiskey and how it fits and it makes that makes sense rather than me like tiptoeing around the question and not actually answering it yeah i'm um and speaking of whiskeys i wouldn't recommend grants <laughs> this is not a sipping whiskey uh, so uh, that is not getting better as it as you drink it more no 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 it's not uh, it's really too bad because i, I I don't know if I've ever had the, I've always had the sherry uh, reserve, which is like a little bit more. Exp- See, great example. Grant's uh, family reserve, the sherry finished is, is, is way better and not much more money than this one. And I think that comes down to like, uh, it's like three or $4 more. So it comes down to like, you know, back in the old day, Grant's had, this is the product. It's, it's like, a, you know, it's very much a product you would mix or put over ice. Um, and then they were like, well, we might need to modernize what, today's palette is looking for. And then they came up with Grant's Sherry Cast Reserve. A um, little bit more money, a um, little bit more character. Um, yeah, this is just... So is so is this Grant's that you're drinking right now, is this like William Grant and Sons? They're like blended sort of... Yeah, yeah, they're blended family reserve something or another. Got it. Yeah. So like Canadian Club also does like that, but they also do a... Sh- they, I believe they do a Sherry finish as well. They do, yes. Yeah. yeah. I actually like that one a lot. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Again, it, it's it's sort of like not exceptional. It's not. It's like extremely well priced. Um, and but I remember doing a lineup of Canadian Club stuff and and of the sort of like you know the ones that they had uh, on presentation. I mean, the Canadian Club 100% Rye is is my favorite of their profile. But I I remember really liking that cherry one. Yeah, it's um I think it's aged 12 years if I remember correctly. It's it's a good it's a good um it's a good example of like um Canadian clubs are kind of funny, right? Cuz they they have their standard product and they make so much money on their standard product. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just like they're they're printing money with that. 
and and their side products are actually cr- really quite nice mm-hmm. and approachable and they just they do a good job with them but then nobody really like talks about them very much because it's like ah, it's not a big deal for them i'm sure i i don't know i'm sure if they look at the numbers they're, they're making so much money on their just we're selling the canadian club everywhere yeah um but yeah it, it is nice it the uh, the sherry finish is nice the 100 percent rise great so you're you're heading away friday i'm leaving friday tomorrow yeah, going, yeah, going to the cottage for the weekend and then going to a farmhouse for like two weeks after that. Is it so, actually a farmhouse? It is a house on a farm, yes. So how is. long do you think you'll last on a farm before you <laughs> drive dragging Trent back to Toronto? Here's the thing. I, is like I have this romantic idea in my head because I grew up in the city like I was born in the city I grew up in the city I had this whole idea that like I am secretly a country girl okay but but I could be very wrong because I've never spent a lot of time in the country like the most I've ever been in the country for was like probably two weeks uh so I could be totally wrong um you know, it's funny. The other day I was on the streetcar. It was so jam-packed as, like, it is during rush hour. I don't know why I was traveling during rush hour. I was an idiot. But this guy's butt kept, like, hitting my shoulder, Ooh. which is, like, really close to, like, my face. Like, when you think about <laughs> how far your shoulder and your face are from each other, like, it was getting really close. And, like, it wasn't his fault necessarily. It's just, like, you know, he was a little shorter. I'm a little taller. I was sitting. He was standing. You know, he got himself all turned around. And, like, I can, I get it. I live in the city. We all have circumstances beyond our control. Sometimes you end up with someone's butt in your face. But it just, like... His butt was, like, right there. I'm saying butt a lot because it's a funny word. But, (laughs) but, but, but. And I was just, like, I I need to get out of the city, man. I need to get out of here. I, you know, to make it onto the streetcar, I had to, like, you know, swipe by four people's sweaty bodies. And, you know, I was just like, okay, I think I can, I think I can stand two weeks in the country. But, but what, are, what are you and Trent going to do every day? I'm bringing, like, 12 books with me because there's not even a TV in this place. Like, I might have gone a little too far on the other end. Like, I don't know, man. Well, whose farm is this? This is Trent's brother, and he owns uh, – so he owns some property, and then he bought this farmhouse that's, like, on the property directly across the street, and he's using it as sort of, like, an artist retreat. So it's very quiet. It's like got no TV. It's like it's meant to get, like you're supposed to go there and like don't like reflect and like write and like read books and stuff like that, which is like I've got a pile of books because I read really fast. So I've got like this pile of books that I have to read. And um, in my head, I'm going to do it. But I don't know. I don't know. I really like TV. I'm gonna miss my murder shows. I'm I, I, I'm t- I'm taking bets mentally with myself. I'm like, um, so the weekend, so you'll be at a farmhouse starting what Monday? I'll be yeah, we'll be at the farmhouse on by Sunday night. We'll be there Sunday night. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm gonna say Wednesday. You Thursday. think we're really? You think we're gonna be back by then? I 
I don't know if you're going to be back by then. I think you're going to start going a little Itchy. antsy by then. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I okay, mean, the back, thing... back by, I think you would you would do the weekend. So I think you'd, I think you'll be back by Monday of the next week. Whoa. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Monday, Tuesday latest. I, I, oh! That's tough. I mean, you know what? It might be different. You might be like, go there and be like, wow, this is great. It's a whole new experience. Fresh air. Da, 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 fresh air. Stars this is beautiful. Annie, right? I'm like, wait, Annie was in New York City. What? I'm oh. like, is that, what it, this, is that what the reference is about? I don't get it. Yes. I don't understand. Annie. Annie is from New York City. She's in uh, Brooklyn. Daddy Warbucks is on, you know, Fifth Avenue. Like, yeah. During no. the Depression. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. This just means that we need to watch the movie together. I hope you like oh God, no. I hope you like singing. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. No. Because yeah. you and Trent would both sing. This would be the worst. No, part. Trent won't because he's not a huge fan of the movie. I don't think. I think there's like a collective of like 150 of us in the world who like love that movie. So what oh. I want to do this year. So maybe this year we'll we'll do pajama party and watch Annie instead. Oh. Oh boy. It'll be so oh great. Boy. Wait for your invitation in the mail. Oh boy. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> no, you're not. Can I drink anytime they're singing? Yes. Actually, yeah, we should. I think we, I've done, I hosted a party once that we were watching YouTube videos and concert videos and stuff, and I made a drinking game to go along with it. So I think we can do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We make it fun for everybody. I mean, I'll have fun no matter what, because it's like my favorite movie, but you know. Everybody well, I mean, else. Between has you to. and Trent, you got you guys are, are you know professional performers. So, well, I mean, we're um, I, I can picture uh, I can picture Trent singing and you <laughs> singing and dancing in the background. Um, you know, so I I, I I assume there's gonna be some of that entertainment along with this. Yeah, Trent less so. He he rolls his eyes a lot. Like he's cooler than I am, so like he'll pretend <laughs> that like he doesn't care. He really knows all the songs though. It's fine, but. <laughs> I'm less, I've less chill than most people. Like, like you said before, I'm like the least coy person, like the least chill person ever. Like I, if I, I just like what I like and I have like no problems talking about it. I don't even pretend to be cool. <laughs> Whereas Trent pretends to be cool. No. Well, he is Superman, so. Oh my God. Don't yeah. put that on the podcast. He's going to listen to it and he's going to be like, yeah. He updated his avatar to another I Superman. Know. <laughs> I know. He's very he's very handsome. He does. He looks like Clark Kent, but like we cannot keep telling him this or he's gonna get a big head. <laughs> His head is actually pretty big. It's really hard for him to wear hats. <laughs> oh jeez. He's gonna love this episode. Oh, there you go, Trent. Uh, yeah, this one's for you. <laughs> oh, I do.